Welcome to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Today we're going to talk about what if there were things that were out there that mainstream tells you you shouldn't believe in, but they actually came true. So we're going to talk about a lot of different items from aliens to Bigfoot to the Loch Ness Monster to everything else. Where would you feel that that would hit you if those things that you always question in the back of your mind, eh, maybe that might be real, maybe that isn't real, how would that make you feel? I think for the most part, people wouldn't have discomfort knowing that Bigfoot was real. I think a lot of people would be validated. Uh, the conspiracy theorists would be, hey, yeah, you know, uh, missing link or whatever they want to call it can exist, you know, in the forests or woodlands of North America undetected or unverified for so many decades and suddenly we prove it's real, but it doesn't change anybody's life, right? But it also opens up these other avenues of, okay, let's go and talk about the Loch Ness Monster. You know, this uh, incredibly deep body of water where it's entirely possible that some type of snake, amphibian, whatever you want to call it, creature has lived in there with descendants, maybe a whole family of them, and just pop up every now and then to breathe or take a look around. But it doesn't change anybody's life. I mean, nothing. nobody's life is damaged by the knowledge that these things exist. I think you're right on the fact that it doesn't damage anybody's life if they find out they do exist. But it does shift the way that we think about these topics. So as long as you say there's a possibility that, and let's stick with Bigfoot for a little bit, right? So there's a possibility that Bigfoot is out there. If you never have any definitive proof that Bigfoot is out there, then you're always going to have this aspect of people that say, well, we think Bigfoot exists. And you're never going to be able to prove that he does not exist. But when you actually prove that Bigfoot exists, there's a huge shift that is immediately going to happen. Because all the people that said Bigfoot doesn't exist, once you have that definitive proof that he does, then it's going to discredit all of those people that have over time said Bigfoot doesn't exist. And, uh, and that's something I've always wondered, why some people are so passionate about proving he does exist, but also why some people are so passionate about proving he doesn't exist. Right, but so how do you prove he doesn't exist? I don't think there is any way that you could prove something doesn't right. exist. Mm -hmm. So yeah. how do the... And, and once again, sticking with Bigfoot, right? How do you actually prove he does not exist? I don't even think with the technology that we have right now in today's 
society, today's technological age, you can prove beyond the shadow of a doubt that anything does not exist. And I'm not talking about something like we had talked about earlier about flat earth. You can have the flat earth people saying, hey, the earth is flat. You can have other people say, no, the earth is round. You can have the round earth people say, no, we can prove the earth is not flat. But you can never prove that something doesn't exist in the existence of an item, of a species, of anything is tough to not prove. There, there, how do you prove that something does not exist? Well, firstly, if the Earth is flat, I want a refund on that around the world trip I booked. Um, I was supposed to go with you on that trip, yeah, and, you, and yeah, you made me yeah. put up 95% of the money for that. Well, it's collateral. Oh, okay. Um, and, you, you know, I can kind of see the avenue people who are against Bigfoot go that, you know, they believe in this absolute uh, dated version of evolution where it comes from, they believe, you know, Homo sapiens came from apes and they started walking upright and blah 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 and so it becomes the missing link and bigfoot is somehow this missing link which has become frozen in time and never evolved and i think that's why a lot of people who decide that bigfoot doesn't exist out of rationale or science can't accept that there might be something frozen in time but what if it's just a different deviation of a species because an upright walking ape is not the most shocking thing because a giraffe to me is far more shocking oh, than an upright walking I, I, ape. <laughs> to me, if if I look at a giraffe, I think that is if you if you believe in Judeo Christian ideals, the giraffe is proof that God has a sense of humor. Right. It's like okay. Let me make something that looks like a horse, is spotted like a leopard, has this long neck that nothing else has, and it's going to eat leaves. Can't hunt anything. L looks just goofy. And by the way, years later, we're going to make him the mascot for Toys R Us. Right. Because yeah. what better mascot for Toys R Us than a goofy animal that's a giraffe? Well, I actually saw a... Uh a uh, several step meme a few weeks ago and it had a tree and a few giraffes around it and a couple of the giraffes had short necks and couldn't reach the fruit on the tree okay. and there was one long neck giraffe and then the next uh picture in it was the tree got taller and the giraffe's neck got taller and the final one, it went on for about five different pictures, and you had a picture of the Earth. And again, this we're not saying anything against flat Earth theorists, but um, it had the Earth, and this tree was sticking out of the Earth, and the giraffe's neck was also coming out of the Earth, and the tree was, will you just not go away? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, you know it, it, it's that, that goofy thought of... You know, it, there are so many weird things that I remember learning about mammals. And then you look at the duck-pilled platypus. Right. 
and once again, I'd talk about God's sense of humor. I'd like I'd, one as a pet, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, oh, is that not the coolest animal? Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, I used to have a duck as a pet, and I thought yeah, that, oh was the, that was the greatest. Fantastic. That was the greatest pet, right? But yeah. you know what? On top of that, a duck-billed platypus yeah. would have been a yeah. better pet. Yeah. If I you mean, could toilet train it, it'd be fantastic. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> you can barely toilet train dogs and cats now. Right. I have a little dog that walks around my house right now, and even though he knows to go to the back door and smack against the back door to say, hey, let me out, there's nothing that stops him to say, you know what? You didn't feed me on time today, so I'm going right. to go ahead yeah. and pee on the carpet in the front room yeah. and just say, oh, now who's in charge Oh, yeah, this not, place? not going back to social media too much, but I saw a meme the other day, and it had a dog with a uh, Facebook page, and it was a... Uh, if you give me one like, I will literally poop on the floor for no reason. Oh, absolutely. And it had one like, and it's like, say no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I don't think if we had definitive proof that Bigfoot existed, our society would change too much. I don't think if we had definitive proof that the Loch Ness Monster existed our society would change. We we hear things from uh, biologists and things where they say, oh, we thought this certain species was extinct and now we found this or we found these old species and blah, blah, blah. But there's also no real reason for governments to hide the fact that a Bigfoot exists or Yeti or, you know, depending on where you're at. What okay, you call you're, them. you're saying that. Or, or, why, do you think, why do you think we have these different names? Because I can understand Bigfoot because there's some redneck hunter who's like, who has got a bigger foot than I have? And so it's called Bigfoot. Sasquatch, you're thinking Sasquatch. it's an American yeah. Indian name. Maybe, I don't know, we're ignorant about it. The Yeti, and that comes from the Himalayas, and I don't know, again... Well, yeah, but that... But, guessing, that but the abominable snowman, why that one? Because, again, I saw a meme, and the uh, uh, abominable snowman is like, abominable seems a little bit harsh, huh? Well, it, so in today's day and age, if the abominable snowman existed they would have to change his name because that would be probably a cancelable name. Rude. Yeah. But it's also the same thing if you look back when uh, Return of the Jedi was being filmed, they had to put a safety vest on Peter Mayhew as he was playing Chewbacca because they were afraid that people traveling around in the Redwood Forest of California <laughs> would think he was Bigfoot and try to shoot him. And he, no kidding had two bodyguards standing with him, had the yellow vest on. Yeah. And if you don't believe me, please, everybody, look this up. This is legitimately true, that there are people that want to be that person that discovers this thing that we don't know whether or not it exists. Well, the but, good thing is that was California, and they have strict gun control laws. Well, so it's all right. If, they, if they'd have been filming it in Texas, out towards Tyler, the woods out there, he'd have lasted two minutes. Oh, it, Peter Mayhew would have never got <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, he'd he never made it to the end dead. of the trilogy. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but we're also talking about what we want to call earthly things, right? Mm -hmm. So now let's talk about some of the other things that 
are part of popular culture, part of even unpopular culture, that we're not quite sure whether or not they exist. Popeye's and spicy chicken burger. You know, I know you're you're a Popeye's <laughs> fan, and and I get that. I keep trying it, to track him down. Is, this is one of those things that you and I are always going to disagree about, but I'm, I'm leaning more along the lines of something like aliens. Mm. So if you think about the aliens aspect of whether or not those exist, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and spell out my opinion on this, and then I'm going to let you tell me whether or not you agree with me. The... The thought of aliens, to me, makes perfect sense. It makes sense that in this vast universe that we're in with the... I want to say millions, but that's kind of ridiculous. I, it's probably billions or trillions of stars. And then you have systems that are around these stars that there are aliens out there, right? And you can also look at the fact that you could have aliens trying to visit us and all this good stuff. And we've talked about before how you have horrible camera pictures, horrible camera video of these aliens that are, are coming here. If we cannot figure out a way in our technological society right now to send humans to Mars. And I know old Elon is working on that, and you know what, Elon, Godspeed. I, I, I hope you get there. We're living in an interesting time to where I hope that, that we see that. I, I can imagine my parents when they saw the moon landing, that must be huge. And the current generation... (laughs) Yeah, but the current generation that we're in right now, we we haven't had something like that. So I hope it happens. But if if we have quote-unquote aliens transversing the universe, wouldn't they be able to figure out a way, if they have the technology to go light years away quick enough to show up here and look around, they would be sight unseen. We wouldn't even see them. But let oh, truly story for another time, right? But let's let's just assume that they didn't have such great technology. They figured out a way to hibernate, whatever it is. They show up. Well, and all of a sudden, here yeah. they come down, and they land, and they're here. What would that do to our society? Well, firstly, I think that I don't think aliens with advanced technology would be that impressed with us. I think it's like when you go I to totally the zoo. Agree. I think it's like when you go to the zoo, and you walk through various things, and you see the ants, and you see a lizard, and you look at it, for maybe four or five seconds and you move on it's like that's just not that interesting you know if your civilization is so advanced that you can find a way to you know travel what we think you know maybe is linear you know light years point to point i I don't think they would find our civilization 
that exciting. I mean, again, you go back to ants, we see they have a structure. We kind of think, yeah, they might have a hive mindset. But, you know, we have very limited interest uh, are really just staring at them for too long. And I don't think an alien civilization, which was really that advanced, would find us that interesting. Um, and one thing I will say about aliens, uh, I, I think it I think it challenges two different viewpoints. One, the creationist theory, where you've got Christians who believe, you know, we're the only life form in the universe, but there is nothing in the Old Testament which says we're the only people in the universe. You know, it says God flung the stars into space, but the Bible, even if you take it like that, the Bible writ was written for us, right? Not for the aliens. It was just written for sure. us. What if God wrote a book for every alien civilization out of there? And when you take the science people and you do the numbers and you do the math, it's like, how can there not be life out there? So I find it a struggle that people can't accept, whether you're a Christian or anybody else that somewhere out there there must be life there must be life but like i said if it's advanced enough to travel to us it's probably got no interest in us absolutely and so one of the things that i look at with the got no interest in us where i'm going to disagree with you is the same reason why i bought my kid an ant farm because you and i are not interested in ants but my kid wanted an ant farm. So I ordered him an ant farm and it came in and there was a little deal that had frozen ants and we had to warm them up and then you poured all this goo inside the ant farm and then he sat there and he watched the ants and he was absolutely fascinated with it. Now, granted, he's, you know, six or seven years old at the time. But there's also a reason why most adults don't care about what color you color a picture about. Or, you know, talking about the wheels on the bus go round and round. Nobody cares about that. But what if it is some kind of alien civilization that says, hey... We're so advanced right now, you need to see what a civilization is so far behind us. Like, we look at the cavemen. It's not fascinating to us to see fire. But if you back up several thousand years, that's fascinating to a caveman. You know, if they've never seen fire and then a caveman comes up and lights this fire, that's fascinating. Are we just a research project? Is it something where you've got a bunch of aliens sitting around in a kindergarten class saying, hey, you need to go find a backwards old civilization to go look at and see what they've done? Well, it's very, very interesting you say that because I... Uh got an ant farm online it came through the mail uh and it had green goo in it like a mini aquarium type thing right and a couple of days later i got the ants sent by usps i mean why oh, not 
Oh, so so yeah, when not? you got your ant farm, oh, the ants separate. did no, not ants come. came separately. Really? No, I think I got I think I got the ant farm via UPS because I paid the extra two dollars shipping, but the ants just came in regular USPS, and it just came through the mail in a padded envelope, okay. you know, like a petri dish type thing. Okay. So I got those, and after a couple of days of viewing them which got boring because they were just like eating the food and they were making their way through the goo to do all these channels. And, and not to interrupt you, but the, the green goo was also kind of like yeah, a, it's food a food source. source yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So um, I thought, huh. So I caught a spider, right? Okay. And I put one of the, uh, well, I put the spider in a Petri dish, which was like at the end of the channels on the ant farm. And one ant came through into the Petri dish, saw the spider, antenna wiggled, ran off, and then came back with about 30 other spiders, and they attacked 30 the other spider. ants. Yeah, yeah, ants, sorry. Yeah, pulled off all its legs and ate it, and, you know, um, it was interesting. Uh, but, yeah, what if alien civilizations just see us as that, that they do these experiments of just, like, let's something let's make something weird happen let's put a pandemic in there let's do this let's start some wildfires let's start a war let's do something just to be interested to see how it looks because they look at us just purely like ants yeah absolutely and and you could actually bring that back to plants right i i remember when i was younger i made a terrarium so i took a big jar and I put dirt in it, and I, I put some rocks in the bottom, and I put some dirt, and I planted everything. And then you put some water in there, and then you seal everything up, and you put it up on the shelf, and you watch it go. Right. Right. And so my terrarium actually did really well. But at any point, I could have said, you know what? I'm going to open this up and I'm just gonna right. burn everything down. Yeah. I, I'm I'm going to put a spider in there yeah. or, or throw some, a centipede in yeah, there and it's gonna be God. Yeah. Or, yeah. or uh, you know yeah. whatever you wanna uh-huh. put in there. I wanna put a caterpillar in there. Right. And then now I'm gonna have butterflies and then yeah. I'm not gonna let the butterflies come out of the cocoon. Yeah. So you're playing God. Yeah. So that that part has always kind of baffled me, but it also goes back to the, can you prove that those things don't exist? And I don't really think we're ever going to get to the point to where you can say certain things don't exist. Well, I, I think, you know, outside of the UFO stuff and the aliens that, there's much that could be proved which would cause people to lose too much sleep. I think with the aliens, you know, there are people who believe, you know, God ordained life on Earth and Earth only. And they would have problems from a theological point of view for life existing on other planets. What does this mean to us? To me, you know, I mean, I'm a Christian, but I can easily believe that you know, God had a Bible on other planets and God, you know, had Earth going on other planets. Why are we so arrogant that we believe 
we're the only ones. I don't see any point in the Old Testament that earth is the only place of life. But, you know, when you go into the cryptozoology thing of, you know, Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, it's not going to ruin anybody's day if they're proven that, hey, the Loch Ness Monster exists. I mean, nobody's going to be quitting their job, you know, throwing themselves out of the 18th floor of a, you know, building on Wall Street. No, nobody really cares if these animals exist. And I don't understand the passionate uh, objectivity, you know, which sometimes comes up, you know, for people trying to disprove Bigfoot or disprove the Loch Ness Monster or some of these animals. You know, I don't get, I mean, if you win... What does it prove? I mean, what what are you going to do? You get a high five from who? If you prove this animal doesn't exist, I mean, so what? Sure. I'd be more happy. How can you not be more happy if this amazing animal does exist? Surely that would make you happier, right? right? But I don't think you will ever be able to prove that they do not exist. And that's my argument. Because you can put all kinds of evidence in front of everybody saying this doesn't exist, this doesn't exist, but then all of a sudden, it does. I, I remember when I was in school, I was taught there were three states of matter. Solid, liquid, gas. That was it. Mm -hmm. I said, so there's only three states. Yep, there's only three states. Solid, liquid, gas. Then all of a sudden, plasma came along. Like, well, but I was taught there's only three states. Well, now there's four. So all of a sudden, even though there was concrete evidence that solid, liquid, and gas was the only three states of matter, right. now there's a new state of matter. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you can ever prove that something does not exist. Now, where the idea of something that might exist comes from that's a slippery slope because you and I could sit here and say there are random little characters that dance on our heads right now and one of them wears a white coat, one of them wears a black coat and they dance on our heads all day long. How do you prove that doesn't exist? You can't, but your logical part of your mind says, well, that seems ridiculous, right? But all of a sudden, if you prove that exists, now everything goes a little bit crazy because the guy that said this doesn't exist now proved it existed. I had teachers saying solid, liquid, gas. Those are the three states of matter. Mm -hmm. Nothing exists out right. of there. Then somebody said, oh, here's a fourth state, and yeah. I don't want to get in too deep, but I think there's now a yeah. fifth state of matter. So once somebody says something is out there, there's no way to prove that it does not exist. Right. And you look at, um, your son's not here to look up and fact check us, but there's a certain amount of DNA in our stomach from the bacteria in our stomach which would be classified as alien because it has no right to be in our body. We didn't inherit it and it suddenly appears from nowhere. Right. And it's one of those things where they don't 
almost try and even begin to understand it. And uh, I looked, I looked once, I think, on an article on it, and it was just very hard to understand because the basis of science behind it, there was just so little research. And it's just like, oh, yeah, you've got a whole bunch of alien DNA in your stomach. And, yeah, there's bacteria in your stomach. You didn't inherit it. Can't see where it came from. But it's just in your stomach, and it's in everybody. But we look at, you know, physics and biology and we look how our rules from Einstein, etc., how these rules apply to our world. But then you look at time and space, you know, relative dimensions. Once we get outside of the Earth, those rules no longer apply. When you start talking about dark matter, a black, black holes, wormholes, you get into all this theoretical physics. It's like we have... A set number of rules which empirically we can see okay this works under the situations we know about but as soon as we get outside of our small planet which is not even a trillionth of a trillionth of the measurable universe all these rules like physics apply completely differently I mean you used to say like you know light you know had a consistent speed but you pass it through certain gases, you can slow light down. You can speed it up. You know, and it's like the rules of physics, yeah, they're very challengeable. But, Absolutely. Yeah. But in, in some of that, in, and I think rules is a strong word. I really do, because you talk about the laws of physics or the rules of physics, things like that. But we consistently disprove that all the time, right? And I, I remember, and I'm I'm going to bastardize this a little bit, but one of my favorite scenes in the movie Men in Black with uh, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, mm-hmm. he's sitting on the park bench with Will Smith, he being Tommy Lee Jones, and he says something along the lines of. You know, 400 years ago, everybody thought the world was flat. And 40 years ago, everybody thought this. And four minutes ago, you thought you were alone on this planet. Mm -hmm. We've done that ever since we have existed. Yeah. And it's so easy to just tell somebody, this is what it is. You've got to believe me. I'm a position of authority. Yeah. Here's what you need to believe. I have this backed up with facts or with research or with something that is written. And we blindly believe it. Right. And so when you say, okay, this doesn't exist. This is impossible. Mm -hmm. Everything seems to not exist. Everything seems to be impossible until it's proved that it exists right. or that it's proved yeah. that it's possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are still operating by a lot of physical laws and theories from hundreds and hundreds of years ago, which, you know, some of them have proved uh, to be exact. But you know, we have to go back again. Your son's not here to look up the facts, but I think it was in the 1900s 
where they said if you traveled on a train faster than like right. 40 miles per hour, whatever it was, that you would asphyxicate, that you could not breathe. Now, obviously, we know that's BS, but you think at that point, how many hundreds of years of theory we had, and it's really not that long ago where the scientists said, yeah, if we go faster than 40 miles per hour, what it was, it might have even been like 28 miles per hour. I can't remember. But I we would asphyxicate. We, yes. You would asphyxicate if you went faster than that speed. Yeah. And Elon Musk has proved that somebody said there's no way you can land a first stage rocket. You have to just go ahead and expand right. that rocket. You just got to let it land in the ocean or burn up in the atmosphere. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he's proved that's possible. Right. And we're going to constantly see this as we evolve as a species, as we evolve through our technology and everything else that we have going on. So you cannot say nothing exists. Yeah. However, you can't constantly make crap up. Right. And then try to say, okay, uh, my dog talks. My dog talks to me. I'm lying to you. My dog doesn't. But now you have to prove to me that my dog doesn't talk to me. So where do we arrive at where there's pseudoscience and there's real science and people are just making stuff up just to say, well, prove me wrong. But taking that analogy you just said, if actually software or an application came out today for your phone that literally translated dog to English speech, I mean, what what would it change? Because, you know, I know dogs aren't chemotropic like insects, but they have, they want to eat, they want to sleep, they want to mate, they want to be petted. But in reality, if we could actually talk to dogs, English to English, after the novelty wore off, what would it literally change? Well, it wouldn't change anything. My example would be, my dog talks to you in English. I say, well, I go home, I talk to my dog. My dog talks back to me. Yeah. You say, no, he doesn't. Right. He doesn't do that. I say, prove me wrong. How do you prove me wrong? You can't. Right. And that's kind of my yeah. point. So when you get into the cryptozoology, mm -hmm. the does Bigfoot exist? Does the Loch Ness Monster exist? We don't have any real yeah. good definitive proof that they do exist, but we also can never prove that they don't exist. But you and I, I mean, we can both agree that we'd actually probably be a little excited if Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster existed. Absolutely. Because it'd be like, oh, that's awesome. Because it doesn't hurt our feelings. It doesn't hurt our limited knowledge of science. We'd actually be, oh, it's something else exciting. You know, and I, I would love, you know, for people to find, you know, dinosaurs, which still existed. I mean, you know, obviously Jurassic Park's not a thing, but, you know, they went uh, and found somewhere where there were their animals they thought were extinct for millions of years, and they find them... Just like I love when they find these new species in the ocean and all that stuff. It's fantastic. 
Yeah. It doesn't hurt my feelings. And, and by the and way, I don't that, understand that, who is upset about it. And, and that happens probably on a daily basis. Right. That, that we find yeah. new species in the ocean, yeah. new species in the Amazon forest, all that. So uh, it, as we talk about uh, things that you know may or may not exist, I want to leave everybody with this thought. Of course, uh, The Wolf and the Shepherd, we broadcast here from Texas, North Texas. So right outside of the DFW Metroplex, there's a little town called Aurora, Texas. And in that town, there's a cemetery. And years ago, and when I say years ago, we're talking about better than a hundred years ago, there's a story about a alien spacecraft crash landing in Aurora, Texas. And the citizens of Aurora, Texas, burying the alien that was in the spacecraft. And if you go to that town right now, today, outside of that cemetery, there is a Texas historical marker that talks about in this cemetery, there's an alien buried there. And so, yeah. it, it, does that mean they exist? Does that mean they don't exist? You can probably go to, I don't know what part of Scotland the the, the uh, nest lock is or whatever, because isn't Loch Ness, uh, yeah. well it well it's the Loch Ness it's monster, but yeah. isn't Loch one of those terms for a body of Kinda water like, yeah, in yeah, yeah. Scotland yeah, yeah. or in Scottish or, or, or whatever? Yeah. Or you you've got the Bigfoots in uh, the Pacific Northwest, and you have Sasquatch, you have the Yetis, you have the Abominable Snowman. You got all at that. some point they've got to be mating though, so there's got to be more than one Bigfoot. Yeah, unless he's uh, like. You know, that, like that, coming from the Old Testament, he's like 800 years old. Yeah, exactly. But, so, uh, sorry, I, I just want to say that um, you're always going to have people who are looking and very passionate about proving aliens exist. You're going to have some people who think E.T. was a documentary. Uh, oh, it wasn't? Well, I don't know. I'm not saying that definitively. Ah. Um but you're also going to have people who it really damages their belief system and fundamentally challenges everything they believe in if these things were proved they were real. And obviously you and I come from a point where we're kind of excited if any of this stuff is proven to be real because it just adds to the excitement of life. It doesn't challenge our belief system. But... You know, at some point, if an alien disclosure came out and there's been more and more stuff released, and I know we're going to do a podcast soon with actually some very prominent experts on the subject, how it changes people's day-to-day life if a revelation came out that 100% there is extraterrestrial life, it has visited us, it is intelligent, what does it mean for us? I think that's going to be an interesting point in the history of humankind. 
it it really will be a table turning event when we can say definitively that this has happened. I hope I'm alive to see that. Uh, there, there are several things I hope I'm alive to see. There's several questions I want answered. I think there's a lot of people listening right now that probably want similar questions answered. I, I hope we live to see that. I hope the distractions go away and we can actually look at some of those important questions of what's really going Mm -hmm. on yeah so thanks for tuning in to this episode of the wolf and the shepherd and we will come to you very soon with another one Um, 